This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. He has time, launches it to the end zone. Touchdown! Terrence Williams! Goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He plays. He's the one! What's he up the right sideline? Yeah, he's got to go. He's tackled Sam Houston wins it. The Bearcats capture their first FCS championship. Hello and welcome to the Republic of Football show that when it heard Texas and Oklahoma were leaving the Big 12, it didn't realize they were taking all their national relevancy with it. It's an unranked Red River Reek, so just haven't you just so you, you know. I'm your host, Ishmael Johnson, Assistant Managing Editor Dave Campbell's Texas Football and Managing Editor of Texas Basketball here with College Insider Mike Craven. Mike, what's up, man? How's it going? My grandfather, who was a doctor, used to say there's no such thing as minor surgery mm-hmm. unless it's happening to you. There's no such thing as a low-stakes shootout, fair, and that's fair. what we're having in Dallas. You know, They, they could be 0-5 each, right. and that still matters. I think it'd be more watchable if it was 0-5. I'd want to see what <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd want to see what that game looked right. like, yeah. regardless. Uh, across over there, making sure you can see and hear us perfectly, is everyone's favorite Mal Pal, Mallory Hartley. Hi, Mallory. Hey guys, perfectly a strong word. Here is decently. <laughs> there you go. I like that better. Can that you, takes the pressure off of me a little bit, I guess. Mostly. 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 <laughs> yeah, I can. you can sort of see you. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. You're up. That's fine. Um, we got a huge show for you guys. We got a giveaway. We're going to hit off the top with that. And we have a guest right, off, right after that. We're going to have Sonny Dykes, TCU head coach. I mean, they're going to be playing a uh, game day. I mean, game, game day is going to Lawrence. And so they're going to be there. It's going to be... TCU Kansas that that's it's, it's tell me that last year and and, and that's not yeah what would the money wild. line have been like plus 3,000 <sighs> TCU Kansas because this is also you know it's Red River week like we talked about yep uh, it's also A&M, A&M at Alabama, Alabama after yeah. an offseason of wrestling and they're promos. not there uh, which is wild yeah. so as we all predicted Kansas TCU biggest game of the week finally they're giving some respect finally. to Kansas and TCU no but seriously we'll be talking to head coach Sonny Dykes and we'll get into our rundown of the full week right after that Uh, but first i mentioned it right off the top we got a giveaway our good buddy mike roach over at 247 has a book out just came out this week it is called texas let me see i had the official title right here the road to texas incredible and improbable turns along the texas recruiting trail if you know mike roach you know he's a recruiting writer you know there's hardly anybody uh that you could probably get to tell you any better stories about the history of texas recruiting and just wild twists and turns things like that so he's been kind enough to give us a copy of the book and a signed copy that we'll be giving away so let me make this clear make sure you're watching on youtube or facebook that's youtube.com slash dave campbell's tf or facebook.com slash dave campbell's because you're going to be able to comment i'm going to give you a question and you have the entire show to drop your answer in, right? Make sure you're watching, again, Facebook, YouTube, comment on one of those. And then at the end, we will draw a winner. And then we'll be able to, we'll get in contact with you. We'll, uh, Mike Roach will be able to sign a copy of the book. If you're a Texas fan, if you're just a recruiting fan or just a high school fan that knows the history of the state of foot, uh, football, history of football in this state, I should say, uh, this should be something that you are really interested in. I know it's part of a Road 2 series that, like, there's, like, two other books, I think, about Ohio State and Alabama um, that they're, that this is a part of, but obviously we're Lone Star State. It's Red River Week, which makes it even better. Um, so, yeah. Okay, so here's the question. 
since 2000, how many times has this game, the Red River game, since 2000, how many times has this game in the Cotton Bowl been decided by double digits? I'll repeat the question. Since 2000, how many times has the Red River game in the Cotton Bowl been decided by double digits? Remember, YouTube or Facebook, get your comments going. We'll, we'll pile, pile them all together. Mallory will draw the name at the end, and we'll be good to go. We'll get in contact with the winner. We'll announce it, we'll announce it at the end as well. Um, and then we'll get in contact with you, and we'll be sending you a copy of The Road to Texas, signed by 247's very own Mike Roach, good friend of ours. I know he's been working on that for a long time now. He was stressing at last year's state about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm somebody who has attempted to write three different books. Yeah. I get about 40,000 words in, and then I hate it. Because it's like digging a ditch. Sure. You have to come back to it, to the same spot right. every day and just keep going. Whereas writing articles, yeah. it's a lot more instant gratification. Oh, yeah. You know, you just you publish it. It's out. It's a thousand it's words. You, you move on to the next thing. Uh, so shout out Mike Roach for being able to do that. That's not an easy thing to do. Oh, yeah. So I can't wait to order my copy. Yes, exactly. So uh, we all need to order a copy because uh, Mike Roach has a very uh, tangible goal that I don't want to give away. But he has a very tangible goal that we can all help contribute to. So... Like I said, we'll be submit your comments, submit your uh, answers throughout the show. You know, we'll have that. Anyway, on the line we do have head coach Sonny Dykes, TCU head coach. After a huge win, heading to Lawrence, Kansas this week. Coach, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Everything going okay? Oh yeah, we're doing perfectly fine. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Um, before we get to Kansas, I do want to ask one question off the top. I mean, Max Duggan, somebody who's been around for a while, your quarterback, I thought, me personally, I thought I had an idea of what he was as a quarterback. Um, and then he loses his job in the offseason after, and then after, obviously, gets it back after Chandler Morris gets hurt. But it seems like this system that you and Gary Riley have uh, has unlocked a new level for him. And my question is, what type of things are you guys doing to bring out kind of an increased confidence in him or decisiveness that I didn't see previously personally. And I didn't think that he had in him. Yeah. You know, I think, um, I think one of the things that we always try to do is, is when we're, when we are putting an offense together is say, okay, what, what is our quarterback good at doing? What's he comfortable doing? And then let's ask him to do that a bunch and not ask him to do things that he doesn't like, or he's not comfortable with, or he, or he doesn't, uh, may not necessarily fit his skill set, and so I think you know I think Coach Riley and our offensive staff have done a nice job of you know paring some things down um, and you know trying to allow Max to to use his strengths. And you know Max has a very strong arm; he's a really good runner. Um, you know, is a, is a big physical guy. He's got good speed, so it's it, we can do some things that are pretty unique with him. And and you know, to Max's credit, he has really just come on and developed as a as a player. You know, he's gotten he's got an opportunity to get a lot of reps in practice and truly he's one of those guys that you walk off the practice field every day and you go, you know, he made two or three throws today that I'm not sure he could make yesterday. And then you go to, go to the next day's practice, you walk off the field and you go, man, he made two or three throws today that I don't think he could have made yesterday. And so he's just progressing as, as a player. I think he's getting uh, more comfortable in the scheme. I think his decision-making is is faster uh, i think he's playing with a lot of certainty and you know and the big thing for us honestly he's just done a really good job of doing what we're asking him to do 
So it's been a it's been fun to watch him. It's been fun to watch him become more and more confident every week. And you know, the great thing about it is we've got a good supporting cast, and so he doesn't need to go out there and and try to make every play. He can he can dump the ball down to a back, and and you know we have some guys that can can make plays for him. And so it's it's a comforting thing for a quarterback when when he knows he doesn't have to to make about you know ten game changing plays every game. Coach Mike Craven here. We appreciate you having uh, you coming on. You know what I'm curious about. You had played against this TCU team a couple times at SMU. Obviously, you watched a lot of film on them. Were you surprised at how much talent was there when you first got there, or, or did you kind of know that you were stepping into a locker room that was a little bit more ready-made to win than a lot of new coaches get to in their first year at a new job? Yeah, yeah, I knew I knew the kind of players that Coach Patterson had recruited. You know, I knew. Um, you know, we we tried to recruit a lot of those guys when we were at SMU. I mean, almost all of them. And and so, um, you know, I knew that they had guys that can run. I think that was the thing that that stood out was just the overall team speed. Um, you know, we had some deficiencies, just like any any program does. We had some areas where we needed to go out and find some personnel and some guys that could come in and help us immediately. But but overall, we knew that there was some talent here. We knew that um, we just kind of needed to get get the guys pointed in the right direction and get them, you know, get them really working together and committed to, to being good on and off the field. And so, you know, the guys have done a great job. I mean, that's what's been impressive is is they've done everything we've asked them to do. They have uh, responded uh, incredibly well to to you know to the plan and have been open to to doing things differently. And sometimes when you take over a program, those are the kind of growing pains that you have. And so far, our guys haven't done that. Now, again, we have a small sample size; we're only a, a third of the way through the season. But our our player our guys are playing hard and they're doing things the right way, and it, it's given us a chance to win every Saturday. You guys are going on the road and playing in a sold-out stadium. ESPN Game Day is going to be there. Kind of a similar situation a couple weeks ago when y'all played SMU. You know, Ford Stadium was going to be packed. Obviously, there's history there between you and the Mustangs and TCU and all that kind of stuff. Does that experience for the team kind of playing above those, above that noise and putting that in the back seat and having such a good performance against SMU, does that help going into kind of this atmosphere where you're going to have to kind of blind out that noise again? I think so. I think so. One of the things we talk about all the time, uh, you know, to our guys is the importance of getting off to a good start, in particular on the road. Um, and we did that against SMU. We went up 28-7. I didn't think we closed the game out well. You know, I thought our guys got a little distracted, um, lost focus a little bit. And that was something that at halftime last week, you know, we won't roll into halftime against Oklahoma. I think we're up uh, 41-17 at halftime. So I worried a little bit about how our guys would respond in the second half. And to, to their credit, you know, they were talking about that coming up at halftime, you know, from, from the field to the locker room, everybody was saying, Hey, look, let's don't lose our focus. We lost it last week. Let's make sure that we, you know, we play hard the second half. And we really came out and had a really good halftime and, and really had a good performance in the second half. So I think this is a team that learns from, uh, from experience and learns from the mistakes that they've made in, in, in the past. And, you know, hopefully we can continue to, to understand how important it is to, again, to start fast and to, to make sure that we play for 60 minutes. You know, the thing about Kansas, if you look at them, they've played four really competitive football games, and, and they know how to win. They know how to make plays down the stretch, um, and, and we haven't had to do that up to this point. You know, most of our games have been, you know, kind of decided early in the game. And so um, this is a group that knows how to win, and that's going to be a challenge for us. To talk about Kansas for a second, just how quickly is it obvious on tape to you and the coaching staff just how good this Kansas team, not not just good for Kansas, but just good in general? 
Yeah, you know, it's funny. When we had the open week. Uh, we had our open week early after a Tarleton game, and I, I jumped in here and looked at some Kansas tape, and uh, you know, because I knew they were scoring points, so I was just curious to see what they were doing, and put the film on, and I'm like, wow, these guys are really good. Uh, they've got a great scheme. They got a bunch of good players. The quarterbacks playing at a really high level. Um, got good skill around them. You know, an experienced offensive line, and it just seemed like they were playing together and really doing a good job of not having penalties, not turning the ball over, executing at a high level. And anytime an offense does that, then they're going to move the football and they're going to score points. And and they've been able to do that. And they've got some really good players. I mean, their quarterbacks probably playing as well as anybody in college football right now. So it's going to be a challenge for us. They just do so many different things uh, to put your players in conflict and you have to play assignment football. It's almost like playing against an option team and they'll have some, some option elements and some of the things that they do on offense. Um, so you better you better line up right. You better play. Uh, you better play technique the right way. And, and they do a nice job of generating big plays as well. So it's an offense that's multifaceted and, as I said, executing at a really high level. You know, uh, your your team's kind of known for passing the ball a lot. Everybody's talking about Max Duggan, but that running game's averaging over 250 yards a game. I think around seven yards per carry. Just as a, as a former play caller, as a guy who spent a lot of time around offensive football, just how much easier does that make the job when there is balance there? Well, that's the biggest game changer there is. When you can when you can run the football, that changes everything. It really does. It's um, you know, and we felt like the, our offensive line was the strength of our team. You know, coming into the season, we have a, a big physical group and uh, a lot of experience. And so, when you can run the ball, then it forces defenses to you know to get an extra people involved in the run game, which allows you to throw it. And then when you throw it well, then you know they've got to walk another safety back and, and try to play off of you and do things that allow you to run it. And so, you know, when you can when you can line up and run the ball when everybody knows you're going to run it. That that is uh, that's the sign of a good offense, and we've been able to do that so far um, this year. Now, obviously, we got to do it again on Saturday, and got to do it every Saturday. But but that's been to me one of the the most pleasant surprises that we've had so far this season. Uh, you're a former baseball guy, played baseball at Texas Tech. I, you know, I grew up loving the sport as well. You know, a lot of stuff's been made, you know, over the cut-ins to, to football games and stuff with Aaron Judge chasing that record. Are you somebody who thinks that Aaron Judge is now the home run king, or are you still more of a, a Barry Bonds guy? Well, you know, that's a good question. I kind of grew up in the in the steroid era, um, <laughs> was playing college baseball in the late 80s and early 90s, and, and uh, saw the effects of, of some of that with, with players, uh, the guys that I played with and guys I knew. So, it, it was an interesting time to be a, a college baseball time, and I can only or a college baseball player rather, and I can only imagine what it was like to to be a major league player at that time, um, just with all the stuff that was going on in the game. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's a good question. Um, you know, it was a it was to me the most exciting time of baseball. I mean, you had some some of the greatest players I think that have ever played. I mean, you talk about pitchers and power pitchers like Roger Clemens and guys like that, and then. Obviously, you had the home run chase with McGuire and, and uh, Sammy Sosa, and then you had Bonds doing his thing. And it's funny, I remember watching TV back then, and you know they were cutting into friends for Barry Bonds at bats. Uh, not only sporting events they were cutting into, but like you know, like I said, uh, Thursday night television, Friends, and, and the stuff that everybody watched back then to watch Bonds hit. And I always thought that was pretty cool. Um, because, you know, they either walked Barry or he hit a home run. And that was the kind of – he was at that stage of, of, of play where, you know, every single at-bat was really, really exciting. So 
you know, I don't know. I mean, to me, I, I just from kind of growing up there, it's hard to to to, to say that those guys aren't the the home run kings because I know they provided a lot of entertainment for people that were baseball fans at, at that point. And so, you know, for me, probably Bonds, but a lot of that has to do with just when I was raised and when I was paying attention to baseball. Yeah, I think I think we're in agreement with you here. So, no juice for Sonny Dykes is what I heard there. <laughs> no juice. I wouldn't. I was I was not going to be good no matter how much you <laughs> so I was uh, <laughs> so I was smart enough to know hey look just just uh you know just enjoy watching every, the good players play and be a part of a team and, and that's that's about what my experience was All right coach we really appreciate you coming on I know it's a busy week uh good luck in Kansas and safe travels Okay man appreciate you guys having me Thanks All right there goes head coach Sonny Dykes We almost broke some news we almost. Oh yeah, he admitted Good to. Lord. He almost got him to admit to taking steroids. <laughs> <Da-da>. <laughs> Listen, I am of the impression that steroid era ruled. Oh man, it was awesome. It was great. It was great. Everybody that tries to to write that era off completely disregards the fact that baseball and Bud Selig completely reaped all the benefits from that. Yeah, and no. now they're trying to cast him out. So no, Barry Bonds is a home run king. This is an official statement from Republican football. So. <laughs> I can't say Dave Campbell's because I don't know, but right. Mallory, I'm speaking for you as well. I'm yeah. sorry. Okay. I'm the host. Sure. Um. You can, I guess, do that. I don't have an opinion one way or the other. <laughs> I did I did like that. You almost got Sunny Dykes to admit to take a steroid <laughs> He, like, chuckled a bit. It's yeah. like, okay. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. right. I loved his honesty, too. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it wasn't going to be good no. either way. Right. Because, like, because had he been, like, the implication there is had he been good enough. Right. Because we all would. Like, but if there was a pill out there. Era? Well, if there's a pill out there that made me the best writer in the world, I'm taking sure. it. Sure, right. Especially if you find out the other guy's taking it. Yeah, right. It's like, oh, if Sam Con's taking the pill. I'm taking the pill. <laughs> Shout out Sam Con. Uh, but no, like, yeah, if you're Roger, if you see Roger Clemens blowing down 102, you're like, yeah. oh, I, I got to swing at that. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I got to stand in that box. I right. Need some. Yeah. Anyway, pass steroids, me the cream. Steroid air rolled. It was fun. Uh, I was gonna say bring it back, but no, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we got some games to talk about. Uh, Do we really? Or do you just want to keep going on this little rant over here? Want to, yes, but we can't. Anyway, no, no, before we do, actually, let me reemphasize the the contest that we have for uh, Mike Roach's book. Uh, Let me see. Where's the question again? Uh, Since 2000, how many times has the Red River game been decided by double digits? Again, submit your answer. Uh, We're also opening up to Twitter as well. If you aren't watching on YouTube or uh, uh, Facebook, Submit it to at DCTFCFB, and we will take your answer into consideration. you got to be following, though. Yes. Oh, that's a good point. Yes. Yeah. Got to right, be following yeah. us. So I also put it in the comments, in the Facebook and YouTube comments, so if this goes away yes. or you come in late, just look yep. at that and shoot us an answer. Because there we go. We, we would like to give this book away because it's awesome. Yeah. So, so anyway, now let's get into our games of the week. Mallory, do we have the obvious one off the top after having Sunny Dykes on? We do, and this is my game of the week. So, without further ado, my game of the week, TCU traveling to Lawrence, Kansas this weekend. It's at Saturday at 11 a.m. You can watch it on FS1. TCU favored by seven over under set at 67 and a half. And, okay, before we, you know, get into the nitty-gritty stuff, Mm -hmm. I, uh, I told Ish, I was making these graphics this morning, and I told Ish, I was like, this is weird. Very Putting weird. this as the game of the week is just <laughs> so weird. It's very weird. And, and the fact that College Game Day is going to Lawrence, Kansas over Alabama 
and Texas A&M. It's always a man, like like Red River is always the, it's always the answer, right? You just you just, they just it's go the fallback. They right. just go to Red River. That's just how it's always been. Right, yeah. exactly. It, it's just crazy to me that like this is the, this is what the spotlight is this, this week. Is, it's going to be in Kansas. Yeah, two like two undefeated teams, right? Two undefeated teams in the Big Twelve mm-hmm. going at it, and two great offenses that are a lot of fun yes. to watch. Yes, two, exactly. Like, different offenses too. Yeah, like very right. different. It's a Kansas's team that. They love to. It's it's reductive to say they run the. They just love to run the ball. But no, like Jalen Daniels is one of the best dual threat players yeah, in the he's country great. right now. And then TCU, they're balanced, but they can just like hit you with any explosive play off the top. I do think TCU's advantage here is the variance on offense. Sure. It, it does feel like Jalen Daniels are bust a lot of times for Kansas, and there's yeah. not much bust there because he's that good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with TCU, as we talked about, Max Duggan's been great. He's completed 75% of his passes in three starts. That's Not wild. Averaging about 320, 325 yards a game, has eight touchdowns, zero interceptions, and that's before we get to the run game. He's been awesome there. That run against Oklahoma, I think Spencer Hall said he runs like he's carrying a luggage, like he's rolling, like he <laughs> yeah, runs like, like he's rolling. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Uh, Spencer Hall's great. Uh, that was pretty funny. But Max can move, man. He can yeah. go. Uh, so that offense is great. Those wide receivers have been awesome and as Sonny Dyke said he's been saying for six months that the offensive line is the strength of his team of his team and they've been really good seven yards a carry 250 yards a game if they can keep running the football like that I believe they go into Kansas they win this game and beyond that I think that they become one of the two favorites to be in Arlington for the Big 12 championship game along with Kansas State or Oklahoma State I was about to say we've 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 talked about four teams competing for the Big 12 I don't want to say this eliminates one, but this very much puts a, a one in fourth place, right? Mm-hmm. There, there becomes a, a consolidated three. I, his numbers are – Max Duggan's numbers are incredible right now. I think uh, ESPN threw out he became just the second player of the last 15 years with a 60-yard pass, touchdown pa- pass and 60-yard touchdown run. Lamar Jackson was the other in 2016. <laughs> My favorite part about that run was yeah. the angle the safety took because oh, the yeah. angle the safety he took was – It was white quarterback angle. Right, yes. right? Like, like, I got, got him. him. I got, got him. him. <laughs> I got him. <laughs> and it was like, oh, no. <laughs> it was like, oh, no, that's that's on me, guys. Like, right. yeah. Who would have thought? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but – the other thing is, this is a hot start for him. I don't want to say the H word. <laughs> yeah. Because it's start, there's no front runner in that race right now. And I don't want to say it because this just, it, it feels too good to be true. This, this keeping this pace, 70% completion. He has the passing numbers. He didn't really miss a game because, you know, he basically played, he basically started since the year started because of uh, Chandler Morris getting hurt. I don't want to say it. But if things keep going this way, by the end of this month, we gotta start saying the H word. Yeah, and I'm gonna say it's yeah. Hot. We'll start it's mailing hot. stuff out. We'll, we'll, yeah, we can ride that train. I'm fine with it. That's so, crazy to think. About. It's wild. We it's thought we knew what this so kid was. I know, right? <laughs> and then he unleashes a whole other beast, and it's like, what? Yeah. It's amazing what happens when a system fits the players rather than trying to make the players fit, fit the, the system. system. Hmm. Absolutely. Hmm. That's that's hmm. interesting Weird. that you Weird. talk about that. That's interesting. Anyways, what's next? That's funny. Anyways, let's move on to Craven's game of the week. He will actually be there. Yeah, Will. Yeah, Will. Texas versus Oklahoma this Saturday at 11 a.m. You can watch it on ABC. Texas favored by only seven over under set at 65 and a half. What are you most excited to watch in this game? Since it's such a meh game of the season, like, like, what are I, again, you most I, no, in, ter- in terms of like again, terms of I don't like think national, it's a meh in game. terms of national relevancy. Right, typically right, this is right. Like Big Twelve title, whatever. Sure. Like right, as but far like as just, that's yes, yes, yes. Red River, like you mentioned, Red it's River's got a lot of history exciting, and stuff. Right? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, what are you most excited to to see? 
I think I'm most excited to see if Texas can handle success, if they can win as the favorite, yeah, if point. they can walk into cotton, into the Cotton Bowl as a team that hadn't won since 2018 and go and win a football game that they're supposed to win. Only three players on Texas's roster have been on the field when Texas has beat Oklahoma. Mm. So Anthony Cook, Deshaun Jameson, uh, DeMarvion Overshone in that 2018 recruiting class. Yeah. That's it. Out of the 123 players Texas lists on their roster, only nine of them have ever been on a team that beat Oklahoma. One of those is a transfer that beat him when he was at Iowa State. Yeah. You know, so it's just not a team that's used to success. We've talked about the one possession uh, struggles. We've talked about the five losses that they've had when they've had double-digit leads in the second half. The Oklahoma game last year kind of started that narrative. Mm -hmm. So I want to see Texas go win a game it's supposed to against a rival. Uh, because for me, it's hard. Texas is seven points better than Oklahoma. I'm not going to sit here and deny it. Right. But the Texas program is not seven points better than the Oklahoma program. And we're about to find out uh, what is really going on behind the scenes with Sark's team. Because on paper, they should walk into this game and win by 12 points. Sure. Will they, though? I mean, I wouldn't put my money on it. Yeah. It's it's a lot. Um, I think it says a lot. One, one this depends on... Is Dylan Gabriel playing? I was right. He can't. About that. After the Tua stuff, I was about to. Say, I don't think he can no. play. Obviously, oh, he's not going to show their hand at all. If he does play, they need to have him on video, being like, "My name is Dylan Gabriel, <laughs> right?" And I accept the consequence. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. like because like a, like a digital waiver. Because yes, if he, is, yes, exactly. Like Derek can. Jeter's dating days. Like, if some, <laughs> if what happened to Tua <laughs> happens to Dylan Gabriel, like people are getting fired. He's not like Rightfully a multi. So. He's not a multi million. Like these are right. still college students. I understand NIL and all that, like, but they're still college students. Right. Like coaches would get fired if that happened. So like maybe if the Tua thing wasn't forefront in our mind, yeah. this would be a little bit more up in the air. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think after the Tua stuff and just the conversations that have been had the last couple of weeks, there's just no way you can play a guy who was literally out cold on the field six days ago. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, that that hit too. Like, I don't know if you guys saw it, but like his arms were, they were yeah. straight out. It he, looked like yeah. a Tua situation. He was unconscious. It was, yeah, it looked it like was terrifying. Yeah, so yeah, I agree with you. Like, you, how do you put him out there after, you can't. after yeah. a situation like First that? First of all, I can't believe we had a Derek Jeter. Did you like <laughs> that? Reference. That was great. Thank you. Um, I'm on a roll. Second of all, uh, <laughs> this also raises the question of, okay, well, who does OU throw out there? Right? Because... General I think booty. we saw. Well, that's the thing. Like he didn't. Uh, uh, I'm a child. Sorry. I think we saw. Sometimes you forget how old Mallory is. Right, I know, right? Um, I think we saw the limitations of Davis Bevel last week. Yeah. As yeah. in, like they can't throw the ball when he's yeah. in the game. Um, As in, he's not good. He was not good. And so smartly, Brent Venables isn't saying that he's the starter. And so that leaves up in the air. Everyone's favorite general, <laughs> General Booty. <laughs> Or Nick Evers. He even said Nick Evers could get in the game, yeah. which. We that, shouldn't say anything more than that. Listen, <laughs> eventually, I think he might be able to play in this game. Yeah. It is not this year. Yeah, <laughs> Let yeah. me say that much. Um, if for those of you that don't know, he did play high school in Texas. So that's how we we've seen him. Um, he's a fine quarterback. He's not ready for this game. So you're basically throwing him, throwing th potentially three quarterbacks who are not ready for this game against Texas, who has a pass rush this year, yeah. right? Can make plays on defense, as we saw in the UTSA game when they need to. Yeah. If the, if if Dylan Gabriel, when he doesn't play, right? I'm saying he's like like you. I just he's I just, not he right. cannot play. And t if Texas doesn't win this game, right? That's where the conversation gets interesting. Yes, one thousand percent. Texas wins this game. It's it 
pretty boring storyline. Sure. Oklahoma's down. Texas is supposed like to win. Three, two, three scores. Right. It's just like, okay, cool, fine. Because, oh, he's going to need some turnovers. They're going to need some whatever. It literally would not matter if Quinn Ewers played or not because Hudson Card. Yeah, Hudson's been play. fine. He, he can play a clean game. He can just right. he can put up the points. Cool. Good to go. Right? It'll yeah. be a replay last week. If they don't, or if this is close, like scary close, got some questions. <laughs> if they lose this game, Sarkeesian's on. I mean, the hot seat's the not a good enough hottest word. seat. Yeah. Right. <laughs> burning seat. Yes. Yeah. You want to hear something funny before we move on? It's really quick. <laughs> of course. So yeah. Stephen Peters tagged me in this tweet. Uh, there is a possibility that we could see potentially uh, Bumper Pool sack General Booty when <laughs> when, <laughs> when, when we see OU game. in Arkansas. And I said, retweet. <laughs> I'm not laughing at that. I'm that. laughing at your reaction to that. <laughs> I just need that to be. I just need that to be clear that this is one of but the best funny, things I've right? ever seen Mallory react to. Like, right, so excited for that. Oh my goodness! Anyways, Bumper pool sacking general booty. It's so funny. We do it all name. Yeah, team. no, we do. Probably. So that's, that's a good, good idea for the off season. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna write that is. down. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna write that down. All right, let's, let's move next. on to our last game we of the week. We got one more, and it's ish. Ish, your game of the week. It's a good one. It's gonna be pointy. UTSA. Taking on Western Kentucky at home this Saturday at 5 p.m. I didn't see. Can you watch this game? It's probably on ESPN Plus. I, I want to say it's CBS Sports Network. Maybe, okay, I, say it's okay. USA, I could so. I could be wrong there. Yeah, you can just search that up. But uh, UTSA favored by six and a half. The over under set at seventy two and a half. I was going to say a Conference USA joke. It's probably on the golf net network or something. For well, I don't see the Texas State app game up here at game yeah, of the week. Yeah, yeah. Listen, exactly. Listen, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Meet me. Listen. Yeah, meet more me. Accessible, more accessible game. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to watch Tech State lose to App. I do, uh, yes. <laughs> me too. Anyway, replay <laughs> of last year's Conference USA Championship game. Um, I think this one speaks for itself. I think Western Kentucky has been one of the surprising stories to me because I had no idea what the hell they were going to be after they lose their quarterback, That's true. their offensive coordinator. Yeah. And even I believe even the the, the previous – the. Uh, I forgot who was who they brought in. Their presumed starter, I think it was Jared Dagey. Dagey, Dagey. Yep. Jared Dagey did not get the start. It was uh, And then left. Yeah, then he was like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> like, you know what, respect. He was like, I thought I was starting. Yeah, I'm not staying until 5 p.m. if I'm not coming back. <laughs> and so he leaves. And, I mean, I think it was uh, – they've been good. They've yeah, they have. really good. And so I'm really fascinated to see how Jeff Traylor in this offense, uh, Austin Reed, that was the quarterback. I was forgetting his name. Austin Reed's been stellar for them. They're the 23rd team in passing EPA. And they're going up against a, a secondary that's been giving up some sec- some points in the in the passing game. Yep. So even Army. Yeah. And so I think, like Mallory said, this is going to be a points a game. I think UTSA does come out on top because, again, it is, uh, it is in the Alamo Dome. I think they will have uh, a similar to Conference USA, the championship game. I think in the end that was the difference is that home crowd and, and how they just, like, swayed momentum and just absolutely kept things going. I think it's going to be similar, and I just think UTSA is cooking right now. Like, on a different level, yeah. offensively, Will Steins opened up that offense in a way that I didn't know was possible. I thought they had to have balance. They really haven't had to have balance. Um, and they're really kind of masking a defense that's kind of leaking right now. This is going to sound blasphemous, and I don't mean it with all my heart, but sincere McCormick not being there has made this offense more fun to watch. Yeah. It kind of has, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying better. I'm, no, just, no, saying, I'm just saying more, more fun to watch. We just kind of knew it was coming, you yeah, know, it, with it, sincere McCormick. It forced them to put all on Frank's shoulders. Yeah. Right. And Frank's just been... Excellent. Lights out. They've played five games. He's been the Conference USA Offensive Player of the Week three times. Yeah. 
Oh, my gosh, that's crazy. The trio of wide receivers he has, Joshua Cephas, J.T. Clark, Zachary Franklin, have combined this year for 105 catches, 1,550 yards, 14 touchdowns. I mean, it's folks. It's bananas. Folks. Yeah. This is going to be a fun game. Like, yes. This is gonna be, at, at, if this game is a blowout in either direction, I'm going to be really mad. Pound for pound, best yeah. game of the week. Probably, yeah. yeah. I'd have no argument. Both of these games last, game of the last year were one-possession games. Uh, both teams know each other really well. A lot of a lot of good talent on the field. I, I'm excited for this one as well. I do think uh, similar to last year's UTSA's defense was better. Yes. And we still went into that saying, okay, well, they need one stop because I don't think they're going to be able to stop them multiple times. Yeah. I They're worse this year. Western Kentucky's offense may not be as, as consistently explosive, but I still think it's going to come down to that one play. Yeah, first right? one to 40. First one to 40. And first, I mean, similar to both games last year, first defense to make a play, right? Get Austin Reed to turn the ball over. That might, first team to trip up on their on a drive. I think that's I will say this. UTSA lost the turnover battle last week, three to nothing, and still won by 15 points on the road against a team that just beat Miami. True. Like, very true. They're rolling. Yeah. They're really good. If they can stay out of their own way, mm hmm. I do think this could be a sneaky type blowout situation. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Let's move on let's to, get to our wide zone, baby. The wide zone. Let's get it. First game up, Texas Tech at Oklahoma State this Saturday at 2.30 p.m. You can watch it on FS1. Oklahoma State favored by nine. Over under set at 70. Another pointsy game yeah. we got. Eight turnovers in two games for Texas Tech on the road. Yeah, They're 0-2. Yeah. Four turnovers in three games at home. They're 3-0. That's that's it. You know, Donovan yeah. Smith, and that offensive line also hasn't been very good. No, no, there, it's been a lot of... They're uh, only averaging 3.2 yards a carry. A lot of that's Donovan Smith running for his life and figuring stuff out, out that way. They've allowed 19 sacks yeah. so far in the year. So they're going to have to figure that out. Oklahoma State's really good in the front seven all the time. Oklahoma State did beat Baylor last week, but Baylor created some of that mm -hmm. on their own. Uh, I just don't trust Oklahoma State to just be good week in week out they're it's always weird right yeah they're always like good for one or two just really weird performances this may be one of them i'd imagine texas tech starts better on the road this week than they have the previous two road games just because i know for a fact that's been an emphasis in lubbock this week sure no i agree i think that it's concerning that uh, the biggest thing for tech was how they perform on the road and then they have back-to-back -back really crucial road games yeah. um in the to start off october so I'm gonna go with Oklahoma's Oklahoma State as well. Um, I it it is weird to me for for me to see that offense and Spencer Sanders playing pretty well and consistently and clean, but I think that's I want to say that's partially him just not trying to be, you know, when he got to Stillwater, he was this highly touted guy, Mr. Texas football, all this stuff. I wonder if he probably saw. Brandon Whedon and that legacy of the Oklahoma right, um, uh, J.W. Walsh, all those guys. I got to be that, right? Yeah. I got to be that gunslinger. And that's not really what he has to be. He has good arm talent, but he doesn't need to be, right? Yeah. They have a solid defense now. They have a solid running game. I'm wondering if he's just mentally taken a step back. I think he's matured a lot. Yeah, exactly. And just yeah. said, you know what? Yeah, I just need to steer the boat, right? Last year, if he just steered the boat, they'd probably walk over the Big 12. Yeah, they're yeah. reigning Big 12 champions yeah. if, if he had done that. And sure. I, I think that would probably force him to look in the mirror yeah. a little bit and go, okay, I'm, I'm good enough to help this team win a conference championship, but
but I also have made some mistakes that's cost this program. Yep. I need to limit those. Uh, another year older, you know, as a lot of coaches will say, a birthday is about as good as a thing that can happen to a college football player. Sure. He does seem like he's playing with a little different level of maturity than he used to. And some of that's probably play calling as well. It feels like Oklahoma State is helping him in that way as well. Now, I will say this is the first time they're facing a offense that can probably match a little bit of that. And so what happens when he gets in a little bit of a shootout, yeah. right? We'll see. Yeah. Moving on to... I guess this one is up next. <laughs> Texas State <laughs> playing, I don't know if you saw, but App State. Yeah. Uh, this Friday at 6.30 p.m.-ish. <laughs> or no, no, sorry. This Saturday at 6 p.m., yes. Yeah. Uh, ish. You can watch it on ESPN Plus if you'd like. Yeah. Uh, App State's favored by 19. The over-under set at 55. Hey, uh, <clears throat> half. I want to so. – you guys – I have a trivia question. Uh, so – Texas State's having their annual. It's a family weekend, so it's big crowd expected, all that stuff. They're having their blackout game. Uh, <clears throat> like for the TV? <laughs> That's a great comeback. That was a I was, good I was one. actually going to go something really else. That was really good. That is really good. Thank you. Thank you. That Trivia was... question. <laughs> for a blackout game, what's App State's primary color? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, black. It's black. Yeah. Yeah. But they're trying to blend in. <laughs> they're trying to make the App State crowd big. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, man, we don't want to be out we don't want to be outnumbered in San Antonio if we all just dress the same. Nobody can tell. Oh, oh so yeah, I don't know whose idea that was. Um, <laughs> when I saw that there was a blackout game coming to the team against black, do not <laughs> ask me my re- actual reaction to that, because uh, we're not allowed to talk like that on this podcast. So yeah, they're going to lose this game. Um, <laughs> two, two of the best G5 programs in a row, back in a row. to back. It's bad. It's not even in the same tough, season. Sun like, back to tough, back. Yeah. Really, it's that bad. That is so um, hard. Poor Spav. It's going to be bad. <laughs> this offense is very inc- – the, de- the the sad part is this defense is actually like nationally just below average. Like they're they're actually pretty okay. Brian Bell's been excellent. They've been they've, the Bell Brothers have been awesome. That dude's going to be on our all-state they're like, team. I think they're, ni- they're 19th in EPA per yeah, pass. No, they're, like, they've been really good. They're so good. Yeah. And the offense is just abysmal. They yeah. can't run the ball. They can't pass. They're having to do these screen plays to like because they can't block long enough to develop anything. And it's just it's been bad. I think the most concerning part for me has been the run game. Sure. I yeah. I, I, I thought right. the I thought the passing game would struggle a little bit. Yeah. I believe the defense would be better. I didn't know it would be as good as it's been. It has been excellent. Mm-hmm. But I thought they'd run the ball. I thought they would too. Yeah, and they just haven't been able to on a consistent basis. The offensive lines regressed a yeah. ton. Yeah. Um, Injuries and, and, and injuries, all stuff. that stuff. So yeah, um, this one's not going to be good. Uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> still going to watch, unfortunately, because that's how I am with this team. And it's your job. So. Get to Troy. Get to Troy next week. <laughs> well, they're they're not bad either. Listen, just, <laughs> not, look, listen, dude. I don't know what to tell you, to... man. But like, look at the rest of your schedule. It's probably going to be pretty tough. I'm fishing like, here. Okay, just get good. to Troy. We'll I'll just worry, we'll worry about the game after that. All after right. that, just get to Troy. <laughs> all right, all right. Moving on. <laughs> Let's go east. Houston at Memphis this Friday at 6.30 p.m. Uh, you can watch it on ESPN 2. Memphis is favored by three. Over, on our, over under set at 57 and a half. Hmm. Houston can't be this bad. What's your what's your read this on this rough. game? Like, what is your read on Man. this game at all? Like, I mean, I'm taking Houston in the points. Just because I, in my head, it's it, Memphis is favored by three. Sure. I, I just, in my head, I just, Houston can't be this bad. They lost they can't to be a two-string quarterback They did. I was week. there. I saw it. Yeah. I know. I get it. I, they just can't be two and four bad. 
if they are two and four bad, Dana Holgerson needs to be worried. Because the 2021 season eliminated a lot of the Dana Holgerson question mark stuff. Oh, sure, sure. He had two losing seasons his first two years. And then the first one was that weird redshirt punt of a season. Yes, with Derek King. Right, yeah, yeah. Bounced. He did the SMU (laughs) thing, right? He (laughs) He was the first one to do it, which is... Why this story has been so Shout weird. Shout out Joe Hoyt, who put out a story that everybody just took the completely the wrong <laughs> yeah, way and was, ran with it. Right. <laughs> right. Way, that's a tangent, like it's been, but, ha- yeah. it's been happening for years now. Um, it just usually, you know, it's like the quiet quitting. Right. You know, quiet right. portaling yeah. has been happening for <laughs> generations All now. Joe did was report it, and everybody's uh, like, oh, my God, yeah. there's a chaos factor yeah. at SMU. Yeah. It's like, yeah. no, it's not. Anyway, <laughs> Dana up. actually did that, what people actually think right. that SMU right. did. He actually was yeah. like, Derek King, yeah. my star running back, my star We're receiver. tanking now, baby. <laughs> all receiving, uh, all redshirting. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just, I can't believe Houston's two and four bad. I, mm. I just, ah, oh, mm. man. You know, <laughs> What's tough about doing a magazine mm-hmm. is it locks you into some opinions sure. right. that are hard to give uh-huh. away. You spend a period thinking about it, offense, defense, trajectory, special team. I mean, all yeah, of it. And you're just players, like, all this stuff, you're you like, know, there's talent. Yes. Yes. They're, they're, they're still the team that went 12 and 2 last year that beat Auburn. I mean, I guess that doesn't look all that great either in a bowl game. Two and four just seems crazy. If that's on their way to their third losing season in four years in the American, as you go into the Big Twelve, there's some big conversations that need to be, you know, talked yeah. about there. Fertitta's already given him, you know, kind of the kiss of approval that he, his job isn't on the line or anything, which means that his job's probably on the line. <laughs> I was line. about to say, it usually means uh, the so, exact opposite. Yeah, once the newspaper starts speculating about that and starts quoting your biggest donor, <laughs> folks. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. So this is a big win for Houston, or a big game for Houston. If they can win it, maybe they can right the ship, You know, get back into contention in a wide open and American and figure this thing out, salvage the season. If they lose it and it's two and four, it feels like that thing's already being held on by a thread. It feels like the locker room's going to defect. It feels like the fan base is already ready to kind of give up on the year. you got to win this game if you're Houston. You just have to. They, I agree. They have to. I don't think they will, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. because – well, one again, Memphis is they're 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 fine now. They're four and one, um, but they still aren't that impressive to me. Here's the thing: Major Applewhite was fired for eight and five. Yep. Yeah. And there yeah. was a donor that I don't know if was it a donor or a president. I couldn't remember who said the qu- infamous quote: "Houston's better than eight and five. Yep. President. Yeah. And it was like the standard is above eight and five. If they lose this game, where are you getting eight? Where, yeah. where are you getting that mark from? Right? Three, right. Th- third time in four years, that standard would not be met. Right. And so, and that means they would have to go to a bowl and win their bowl. Yep. So, at that point. So, yeah, I'm, I was teetering on this game, and then I saw Tajon Henry was out. Yeah. yeah and right. now, now you're hoping Brandon Campbell, who's been kind of battling back from injury himself, is the lead back. Yeah. yeah Stacy Sneed. Stacy Sneed. That so offensive line depth. stunk. No, yeah, it's four been sophomores bad. on there. It's been bad. I mean, just being there in person last week. Like Patrick Paul was excellent last yeah. year. He's been bad. Yeah. This year, so many holding calls, off start. That's the thing that's got to be frustrating for Holgerson. Mm-hmm. They're not losing because they're less talented. They're just they just don't seem bought in to me. Yeah, they're just the execution's been poor. Yeah. yeah. And so you know that, and that's a reflection of coaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now, so this is just it's it's almost a must win. Now this the reason why I also think this is a must win is because the next two games as well, Navy USF. Those are, you got yeah. I was about to say if you lose if you if you don't win those games, 
that's a problem. Sure. It's a massive problem. Right. But if they if they win this game, they should roll to three in a row heading into SMU. Right. Be and five that, and three. Five and three. Then you're like, okay, cool. We're holding on to something here, right? That's what makes this game more crucial to me is because now you have something to roll through October with and then you start November with a banger against SMU and now you can really turn your season around. What a locker room does in these kind of back-against-the-wall games will tell you everything about how they're bought into the coaching staff. 100%. Yep. Because if if they're bought into where this is going and, and, and they take responsibility for it, they're going to come out and play a really good game against Memphis. If they believe this sink is shipping, or sink is uh, ship is sinking. There ship it is. is. There, there it is. <laughs> and uh, and they they know that's going on. Yeah, they're going to lose this game by fifteen points, and it's going to be that like ah oh, okay they're yeah. done. I wonder how much of the, that's a good point because I wonder how much of this was maybe them feeling themselves a little too much because yeah. look at that uh-huh. early schedule right UTSA ah we're, they're cool but we're definitely more talented right Texas Tech and eh, new coach whatever Kansas is Kansas Rice is Rice right Tulane. Eh, a lot of those are games that we would mark as WWWW for all of them. And so I wonder if they bought into that a little bit. What's the line if UTSA and Houston play again? <laughs> UTSA minus three. Yeah. I think it's minus three. Yeah. So, yeah. Which That's wild. That's a lot. That says so. That's By the way, I would take that on the road as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. yeah. I take it on the moon. <laughs> Love it. All right. Two <laughs> games left. Let's get rolling. UTEP. Traveling to La Tech this Saturday at 6 p.m. Uh, La Tech favored by three. The over/under set at 52 and a half. I, I think this is a close game, but I think I think this is a very winnable game for UTEP. Oh, 100%. Here's very the, winnable. Game. Here's the concern for UTEP. I'll start with the bad news first. Mm-hmm. They've played six straight games and they're worn down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's because they started week zero and they haven't gotten a bye yet. You're on the road for a second straight time. They went to Charlotte. That's a long travel trip from from El Paso. They finally got the east eastern time zone off their back. They 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 won a game. But now they got to come two hours back. Yeah, now they got to go back and then back. You <laughs> right. know, and so like it's a lot of travel on your seventh straight week of playing. You're not an incredibly deep team anyway. Uh, so this feels like a battle of attrition for UTEP. If they can show up healthy and ready. They're more talented than Law Tech. They should be able to win this game. However, they could be out with a couple guys. There's a couple guys banged up um, that haven't been announced whether they're going to play or not. And so it could be one of those things where Law Tech's not playing a UTEP team that's at full strength, and this is already an even enough game to where that could be the difference. Sure. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I will say I think – so their bye week's next week. Yep. I think – Dana, I think Dana Dumble's just gonna say, just give it your all. Yeah, yeah. Just, just one like, more, yeah. one more. I know they're probably like you mentioned, they're running on fumes. I mean, this is the right opponent. La Tech's not very good. That um, defense is horrific. I was about to say their defense, their running that defense, run defense is, is almost last in the FBS. Yeah, they're it's one bad. of six in EPA per rush. We know what UTEP wants to try to do. They want to try to they're win ugly. Run. So I think yeah. that they're going to be able to get some things done. I, I wonder. It's going to be about that wear and tear on the offensive line because again. They we know, we know how they want to play this year. Yeah, and if they can control the clock, control the ball, get their defense some rest, I think they'll be okay. To me, it's just about does that offensive line wear down? Does yeah. that can they sustain that pressure on offense, right. or do they burn down too? Um, you tell me how many attempts Gavin Hardison has, I'll tell you if they've won or not. Yeah, if, it, if, it, if, it, if it's under twenty, you yeah. tap one. Yeah, if it's over twenty. This is a game you can look at the box score and be like, all right, yep. I, know, I got a summary. Yeah, don't show the score and just look at, yeah. Yep. Look at the exactly. box score. Because it does feel like kind of a, I mean, I, I hate being this guy, but it kind of does feel a little bit like a must win to get back to a bowl game. Because like, if they lose this game, they'd have to get three of FAU, Middle Tennessee, Rice, FIU, UTSA. Yeah. FIU yeah. and FAU should be wins. Sure. 
but Rice is really good. UTSA also really good. Middle Tennessee State, you know, they 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 beat Miami. They they can't be that bad. So this kind of feels like one of those like bowl or not bowl type you start situations. Start to lose your your yep. uh, your room to maneuver. A yes. Bit, so. Yeah. Margin of error gets really really small if you lose this game. Yep. Right. All right. Let's close it out. Texas A and M. Let's just let's just power through this one. Texas A and M at Alabama this Saturday at seven p.m. If you want to watch, it's on CBS. Um, Alabama's I, favored by 24. Oh, I have to. The over under is 51 and a half. To so. quote one of my favorite movies, y'all want to see a dead body? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's really interesting about this game is back in July, I thought I was going to be talking Adam into letting me go cover this game. That's how big oh, of a yeah. game I remember I you saying that. I, I thought remember that's you saying how big that. of a game this was going to be. Yeah. Now it's last on our rundown. Because we forgot about it. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's literally why yeah. it's last on my yeah. rundown. Thanks, Mallory. Because I forgot... <laughs> To even put it no, on the too. paper. I did too. I was literally putting in the lower third here because right. I forgot. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah that, that but I exist. forgot to put it on the list I sent you yesterday. Like the email We list. both forgot. And it's uh, we both yeah, forgot. it's just, uh, it's just wild how quickly <laughs> college football can change. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. All right. Um, this, start, this line, by the way, started about 17 and a half. Yeah. And has risen just, 10 points. Wow. How? That's, abs- that's, that's almost unheard of. Yeah. This is... Oh, what can what can we say about this? Like, listen. What what are you going to look the, for in A and M? If you're an A and M fan, sure. what are you going to look for to at least pull something positive? Off, Spin this in a positive offensive way. competence. Yeah, great point. Haynes King may be the guy again yeah. this week, depending on what's going on with Max Johnson's health. Last last week, he he exited the game there in the second half against Mississippi State. Maybe you see if Haynes, you know, after he's been on the bench a little while, can can be rejuvenated, figure some stuff out. Maybe that offense gets a little bit more creative because Jimbo's heard, you know, everybody, including us, talk about how bad he is at offense right now. Maybe they dial up some trick plays, get back in that Florida State playbook from 10 years ago, dust some stuff off. I think you just want to play it close and try to surprise people like you did last year. You know, we got to remember this Texas A&M team had lost to Arkansas and Mississippi State going into that game against Alabama last year that we didn't think they had any chance of. I think the line was around 20 points there too, and, and they pulled off a shocker. So, And the SEC, you have to feel like your talent is enough to be in any, any game. Mm-hmm. As we've talked about, Texas A&M has the fifth most talented roster in the country. It's not like this is Vanderbilt versus Alabama. Right. Alabama may be without their quarterback, and Jalen Monroe is pretty much a one-dimensional guy right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, big fan. Watched him a lot at Katie Taylor. Uh, but he's more of a runner than he is a passer at this point in his career. So if you're A&M, you hope the defense shows up, you, you play it really tight, and you kind of do what Texas did to Alabama where it's 20-19 to 19 late in the game and you just hope your field goal kicker can get into to range late, and that, that's really all you can do right now. Yeah, that's yep. that's basically it. Uh, the other hope is that you can maybe make a freshman Jalen Milrow make mistakes, right? Because right? like, it's not yep. a guarantee that Bryce Young's probably not going to play. Um, Jalen Milrow looked athletic in this last game right still kind of raw as a passer but i think uh craven you covered him at, at, at when he was a texas commit and considering texas you know how athletic he is yep. so alabama's offense is going to adjust itself and probably look probably way di- different than it would with bryce young so that's kind of what you're kind of hoping is forcing a young quarterback into making mistakes and then capitalizing that way putting your offense and if you're the defense you got to know what you got to do for your offense right you got to kind of put the ball in right. good field position and <laughs> yeah. ask them to kick field goals or like have short fields basically i was on a radio show in atlanta the, yesterday yeah big shout out by me that was a plug i was about uh, to say just how awesome i am no yeah. i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> uh no i was doing a radio show yesterday and they asked me you know like oh well can a&m score a special teams touchdown or two right and without irony i 
I'd kick the ball straight out of bounds. Sure. Because like, even yeah, if they start the, on the 40. I was about to say, you, you want to give it to Devon and Chain or not? Right. Like, I'm, yeah. just, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just taking the penalty and be like, good luck. I mean, if y'all can drive the ball 60 yards each time, fair well, on fine, us. But I'm not kicking it to that guy because he's right. the only one that can hurt me. Right, exactly. So right. I, I agree. Um, and just punt it just straight sideways. <laughs> just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you got it On side it Yeah, just on side it every time. Someone take one for the team. All I'm going to say is. They're lucky that Bryce Young isn't playing because if you don't think Nick Saban has last year in mind <laughs> and everything that J- uh, that Jimbo Fisher said in the offseason, he he's going to be restrained by his own quarterback of what he can actually do to AM this weekend. <laughs> yeah. So they got dudes everywhere at every position. Everywhere. Exactly. And if they had their like, Heisman Trophy winning dude getting them the ball, it would be it'd even be worse. Very bad. What do, what do you think the line would be if Bryce Young was playing? What was it last year? I mean, I thought it was, it's last year was huge, which yeah. is kind of why it was, it was like yeah. last year was like twenty two. I think it's less than it is this year. It, it huh, might be like twenty four if, yeah. if Bryce Young was playing. So yeah. it might get that still thirty. That still says a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. They're favored by like twenty six points. The over and under is only fifty one and a half. Right. Yeah. To do that quick math, they're expecting about a thirty eight to twelve football game right. here, yeah. and that's, that seems generous. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> yeah. I'm. Anyways. Yeah. A <laughs> uh, gonna win by three. I was about to say, after all that, it's going to be last right. year again. Because this is what A&M, which, by the way, would be the most entertaining outcome yes. of college football this oh, year. Oh, 1,000%. If this A&M team beats Alabama in the conversations, like, does does Jimbo Fisher have Nick Saban's number? You know, like, just bring it all uh, to Does me. Jimbo need to hire because an offensive coordinator? This is one of those, know, right. <laughs> this is one of those games that, like, no matter the way it goes, the narratives are awesome. Right. That's fair. Yeah. The storylines are just tremendous. Yeah. What's what's the streak for Alabama home wins? Isn't there a, a large streak? Oh. Yeah, I don't it's know. at Alabama. Like they don't lose. Yeah, they, <laughs> don't, they don't lose at home. You they know? don't lose at home very they much. They lost to to. Uh, it's probably. I would imagine it's the the Joe Burrow LSU. I I think you're right. That was the last I time. think that was so. That was what 2019. 2019. So they took the greatest offense in college football history. <laughs> yeah, and before that it was yeah. Manziel. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. You so know, it, so like, it's not likely to beat Alabama, yeah. and they need, don't got Johnny Manziel. <laughs> you need Cam Newton, yeah. Johnny Manziel, Joe Brady. Right. I don't include Haynes King or Max Johnson in that category. No. Shocking. You yeah. can direct your hate mail to at Craven Mike. Yeah. Right. All right. There yeah. we go. Um, before we close this out completely, I do want to mention that we've got four teams that are sort of idle, I guess, this week. SMU, they're playing tonight. They're playing UCF. That game was moved from last Sunday to tonight because of the hurricane. I believe it's at 6.30, probably on ESPN2, two, I believe. Yeah, yep, two. so I think it may be six. That. Uh, six. Okay, Craven's going to write up a game around that, so yep. be on the lookout at uh, texasfootball.com for that. Baylor, North Texas, and Rice, all on much-needed bye weeks. And we'll, uh, <laughs> I forgot we'll I was working tonight week. until right now. So, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> thanks, you are so Thanks, welcome. Mallory. I almost... Uh, It's not like I would have done anything. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That'll Um, do it for us. By the way, uh, we have not had the correct answer. We have some comments. No, we haven't. We have not had the correct answer. So we're going to extend this to podcast listeners. I'm disappointed. And I'm going to say it one more time because I want to – people are getting an answer. It's not the right answer. Listen to the question or read the question again. Since 2000, so counting 2000, how many times has the Red River game – in the Cotton Bowl, been decided by 
double digits. Do your so research. We will do this. We'll, again, we'll extend it to podcast listeners now. So if you're listening yeah. to this after well, the fact. Let's, let's announce the winner Sunday in our recap show. Let's do it. All right, Ooh, let's do it. Good. Let's do it. We'll extend it. To, so, so like I said, good we're extending idea. it to podcast listeners too, Spotify, Apple, all that stuff. If you're listening to us after the fact, you can be in on it. Uh, congratulations for listening all the way to the end because you probably didn't. <laughs> if you were at the beginning, you're like, well, I can't wait. Gotcha. Now. <laughs> but uh, so answer that at DCTF CFB with your answer and we'll put you all in a big pot and Sunday during the recap episode after we talk about Red River which I'm assuming we'll just talk about off the top just because it is Red River Craven will be there too we'll announce the winner so there you go so to all you guys that did comment close I see some close answers it's not quite there read it carefully so with that being said we have interviewed 12 of the future 13 FBS head coaches shout out Sonny Dykes for coming on re-upping his yeah. who's, who's the next one we can get to be the second coach uh, second time because he's the first whoever's on college <laughs> really anybody except for the one you're about to talk about <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with that being said Jimbo Fisher <laughs> give us a call please Sonny Dykes already lapping you what's up with that <laughs> alright and of course go Rutgers <laughs>